0: Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are starting off Four whole episodes on remakes, reboots, whatever. There are, I mean, and we've covered some already on the show, but we want to dedicate the majority of April to getting rid of four that have been on the list forever. And I just figured that we should just watch them in bulk. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, why not just, like, start spring with the memories of, of movies that have been me, remade and the the beauty and the horror that has surfaced on the screen.
0: Yes, the beauty, <laughs> the horror. You know, it's weird. Oh, you know what? which one we should do? We should do that Stepford Wives remake. I totally forgot about that one. Oh, my God, yes. We absolutely um, need to do that one. Unless we've already done it. No, I don't think, have we done it?
1: We have not. Yeah, I uh, feel like I, I would f- remember. Same. I feel like I'd remember, and I do feel like we've mentioned it to each other before, but I know that we haven't done it.
0: Okay, cool. So that so that might also be on the docket, or we might have to save it. Who knows? The world is our oyster. Um, it's a gorgeous abyss, and we're all just floating in it. So we're starting with The Women from 2008, a remake of the 1939 George Cukor classic you know that has um, it has Joan Crawford how am I fucking (laughs) (laughs) I was like who it's, uh, how dare I? I'm so sorry to Joan. I'm so sorry to Joan Crawford's ghost. I didn't mean it. I was, Honestly, I was getting there. The
1: best thing that, one of the best things that could happen to this podcast is if jo- Joan Crawford's ghost decided to, like, haunt us or write angry Twitter threads about the fact <laughs> that we almost forgot we almost <laughs> she forgot was the star name. of the
0: original women. <laughs> well, she wasn't the star. So, um, so we got Joan Crawford, that had Joan Crawford, Norma Shearer, Rosalind Russell, Paulette Goddard, Joan Fontaine. Like, this was... I am a lover of the women. I have seen it so many times. 1939 represent perfect cinema. When people say that they don't like old movies, I'm just like, excuse me. Have you seen the women? Two hours and 20 minutes of pure beauty. George Cukor, the only man who ever deserved rights. Only man. Just the way that he made films about women is just, oh, God, I love Cougar so much. This is a Cougar Stan account. Um, so you're learning now how much I am into no, Hollywood. I'm, I'm loving it. I, freaking, <laughs> I support it, and I agree. I,
1: I'd only seen the original once um, a very long time ago with my grandma, but it was very fun because she loved it. So it was fun to watch her her love, something that came out when she was, you know, a teen. And then like my impression of it as a teen.
0: Yes. Yeah. So that's a, gr- it's a great movie. It's a classic. You need to watch it. Everyone needs to watch it. It's in black and white, but there's one color sequence and it's the fashion show portion, uh, which is one of just my favorite sequences in any movie. Um uh, So we are brought to 2008's The Women, which is written and directed by Diane English, most known for creating the television show Murphy Brown. So now that I know that, I just figured it out, like, right before we started the show. This makes so much sense. You feel like
1: all the dots are connecting with that knowledge? Yeah.
0: Well, because, like... The women is very much like an um, old timey, you know, like pre-code women's picture where, you you know, famously, it has absolutely no men in it. Um, I feel like there was something... uh, i'm I'm like i'm blanking but it's one of those things where there's no men in it or maybe there's one man and it's either a baby or a dog and here it's a baby but i can't remember if it was a baby or a dog in the main one i'm so sorry i love the women i just forgot that one detail um so the conceit is you know we're only seeing the world through women's eyes. So that is essentially what the conceit of the women is in 2008. There are only women in the movie and the only man, the only person of the male, not even a man, the only person of the male gender. And I'm saying that with finger quotes because, you know, gender, like spectrum, whatever. Yeah. The only <laughs> The only dude is a baby. And the baby is at the end. And the baby, I I love when the baby happens because, like it, like the 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 background background is like clouds. Yeah, and the birth scene, it's just so like Renaissance. The it's so the the birthing scene, incredible, poetic cinema. Um, so we've got a story from 1939 being filtered through. Uh, the mind of the woman who created Murphy Brown. And for those of you who do not know what Murphy Brown is and aren't weirdos like me who are obsessed with everything old, Murphy Brown was like... One of the first sitcoms that was like, well, like not even like the absolute first, but the whole thing about Murphy Brown was like, the woman is wearing the pants. Like she's a career woman. She's doing it for herself. You know, Candace Bergen, legend. She's also in this movie. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it was yeah, like, this early- is a, like
1: women, women can too. like before the glass ceiling was used in ironic ways, like, you know, the the very much like early glass ceiling energy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, look at her in her, in her power suits. Look at Murphy Brown. She's like, she's a recovering alcoholic. She's getting her shit together. She's, she's you know she's considered one of the boys and but she's not she's a woman like it's like a whole thing it's like you know yeah, women absolutely tower. absolutely which, which you can see like the the most obvious successor to Murphy Brown is Sex and the City which explains why 2008's The Women feels like a cross between Sex and the City and Murphy Brown which is not what the original movie was like at yeah, all. It definitely does. I kept I
1: kept thinking about how it felt very sex in the city in certain ways. I mean stylistically for sure and also just the like and I know this is based on the the original version but just the way that they talk about shopping <laughs>
0: The way that they talk about shopping is out of control. Also, this movie was it had a bunch of producers, but one of them is Mick Jagger and I immediately I'm like, so on, obsessed
1: with that. Like I'm, I just I like I really like imagining Mick Jagger just like sitting on his balcony. I don't, I don't know one of his houses and reading the script and being like, absolutely. (laughs) Like, I love the original. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this reboot. Oh my God. Remake. Let's do it. Like take my money and put my name
0: on it. I would love to watch the original, the women with Mick Jagger. That would be so fun. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So this movie is one of the most stacked cast that we've ever, ever, uh, found on this podcast that we've ever encountered you got meg ryan annette benning eva mendez deborah messing jada pinkett smith carrie fisher cloris leachman rest in peace debbie mazar bet midler and candace (laughs) bergen yeah i mean it's
1: absolutely wild it's like you can look you can know who is in the cast and you can look at who is in the cast but then when you watch it at least for me it's like every scene I'd be like, oh, wait, oh shit, she's here too? Oh, this is great. Like, it was like, oh my oh, God. Cool. When she just lose- got to the party? Okay. <laughs>
0: When Lynn Whitfield shows up at the end at the fashion show, I was just like, wow, you brought her in just for me. Yeah. Oh, I needed to see her today.
1: The presence of all of these women at once was very comforting. I was like, oh yeah, there should be more movies where there aren't men.
0: <laughs> it, no, be it's, nice. it's, it, no, it's actually really beautiful. Like, I, you I know, felt safe. <laughs> <laughs> so... um a thing about the women that has come up in conversation well not maybe in film twitter nerd conversations the original one is that it's got a bunch of women in it and then you have to people are asking the question oh is it feminist because it has a lot of women these days that is exactly how things are read in 1939 most movies were about women because the thirties were like full of women's pictures. So in the context of that, no, like it wasn't trying to be feminist. It was just trying to tell a story and it had like a really good conceit. And I think it's also based on a play, um, that didn't have any. in it. So it makes, so that makes total sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, so here, like, this movie is very clearly trying to be feminist and that is, it's one major problem because we don't need it. We didn't, we don't need it. No. And (laughs) it trying
1: to be feminist almost, in my opinion, makes it less feminist, which isn't to say that trying to be feminist makes something innately not feminist, but the ways that it tries don't quite work for me. Um, And It does just make me wish we could just watch these women's lives and it doesn't all have to be moralized. Like they're going to make choices that are or are not healthy or destructive or empowering. That's okay. Yeah, (laughs) they can just. Sometimes, yes, being a woman is a politicized state, but also sometimes there can just be stories with women. That's cool.
0: Yeah. So the story of this movie is, is the same, mostly the same as the 1931 when Meg Ryan plays Mary. She's being cheated on by her husband, Stephen. He's cheating. He's cheating on her with um, the woman who works at the perfume counter at yeah. Saks played by Eva Mendez played Crystal Allen in the role that Joan Crawford played. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, that's so, so important.
1: That's, that is an important uh, line to draw of like, who here's who is playing who in each version.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's important. So um, Norma Shearer's uh, character, which people should talk about Norma Shearer more, she's like, she was one of like the early icons of like, the uh independent woman like she was in a film called the divorcee like she was just like you can be divorced and be glamorous like that was that was norma shearer's whole thing and i love that and, and she's and she's great so having her having her character be like the meg ryan one is so interesting because meg ryan does not her aura does not emanate i Mm-mm. single like no not at all <laughs> you don't think of meg ryan as like, single. I, I feel
1: like meg ryan's energy both in movies but even when i've you know seen her get interviewed she feels like the kind of person who wouldn't try to be a serial monogamous but she would just like fall into long serious relationships like <laughs> so she doesn't yeah she doesn't have the like i got my hair cut I'm divorced. Let's go get drunk in her Right. No,
0: she doesn't. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's a problem. Annette Benning plays Sylvia Fowler, who is played by um Rosalind Russell in the original film. And one of the most iconic performances, her clothes, there's this one outfit that she wears with eyes all over it. I need to, I need to show run a picture of it when it's over but Rosalind Russell, Russell is so great because her whole thing is that she's like constantly like knitting or something which and she's always talking shit and she's always super fashionable and she's also always talking sh- like she's she's basically the one that's like super super confident and mean the whole time and Annette Benning, not mean really in this movie which we'll we'll get to why that's an no, interesting choice yeah she's really not yeah, her character is supposed
1: to be mean. <laughs> yeah, like her her character makes one specific decision that's like a very hurtful decision, but that she's not actively mean. There's a difference.
0: Yeah. So yeah, so that's interesting. So those are like the three main like and if you do not know who Joan Crawford, Norma Shear, and Rosalind Russell are, please, please. Please, please. This don't. is
1: this is our homework that we're please, giving you, listeners. Please. We normally don't give homework, but <laughs> if you need or want some homework, you know, watch some movies with them. Watch the original. And if you've oh, seen yeah. it, watch
0: something else with some of these actresses. Yes, please do. So the dynamic that we have set up here, you know, um... What, okay, I gotta start because this is at the very beginning. At the beginning, Annette Benning is walking her dog and then, like, has an altercation with another woman and her dog. And then she says the, you know, she says the line, um, there's a name for you ladies, but it isn't used in high society outside of a kennel. The fact that that, it was basically like, Joan Crawford at the end of the movie calling all of the rich women a bitch because she's like the harlot she's just like you know there's a word but she's not going to say bitch because it's 1939 and here they change it to like a thing that like actually relates to dogs which made me so mad because <laughs> well, it strips it of all of its power
1: like it strips it of the actual like cutting nature of that quote and like the just like the, the fuck you energy <laughs> um
0: yeah so it's just like this little whatever um and so she goes and so Annette Benning we start with Annette Benning which is interesting um <laughs> cuz she's not the main character well you know what based on her screen time you would think I, that Annette yeah, Benning is the main like, character I was thinking
1: about that because i was like you know based on just listing off the plot then you would say, yeah, Meg Ryan is the main character. But based on screen time and even how everyone's introduced and how everything's resolved, it feels very much like Annette Benning and Meg Ryan are the main characters. And then there's like the ensemble of friends. And, you know, even Mendez is like not on screen that much.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, they're, them, them being the main characters makes total sense. But I guess what I mean is that like Meg Ryan doesn't. She... I mean, I love Meg Ryan. Oh, yeah. And she's good in the movie, but... I worry that the movie forgot to give her some flavor. She's missing some... Some special spice. I don't know what it
1: is. I think... Yeah, I I agree. Because I feel like a lot of the characters have a specific edge or angle. And Meg Ryan's is just... I feel like it was a casting issue where they're like, well, she's Meg Ryan, so you're automatically interested and charmed, which I mean, that's true. I love Meg Ryan, but her character has the least uh, distinct personality, in my opinion, because like Deborah Messing is pregnant. So that's.
0: You know, she's excited about being a mom. Like, that's her whole personality. Well, because Deborah Messing is the mom. Jada Pinkett is the gay one. Um, Yes. Annette Bening is the career woman. And Meg Ryan is just a lady. Right, exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like, they all kind of have a trope. And their dialogue is heavily leaning towards that. And Meg Ryan is just like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm a mom, but, you know, whatever. Um, My husband's rich, but, like, it's not like she's like, oh, yeah, living off my husband. But it's also not like she's like, oh, I have this big career. She's just kind of, like,
0: there. (laughs) Right, yeah. I mean, the thing about, like, Norma Shearer's performance is, like, there wasn't a whole lot going on with her either in terms of, like, her life, she's like a housewife. Cause I mean, the whole point is that it jolts you out of your position and you're just like, but there's something about Norma Shearer where there's some, the movie just really gives her room to shine in a way that this movie does not. And I think it's partially because um, it was made by somebody who mostly makes television, but also because I think personally that the writer director found Meg Ryan's character less interesting than Annette Benning's character, especially, and you especially notice this because Annette Benning's character is the most different from the original film. Like the character, like um, the, the person that she is, is almost like wholly created for this movie. She's the one that's changed. Well, I guess Jada Pinkett being gay and being black, but like, also, I don't know, like Annette Benning seems like an, an, like somehow a more radical change because the whole thing of like Sylvia Fowler is that like, she is a society woman who loves being a society woman and is like, my husband is just so whipped and like, I don't have to do it. And she just wears nice clothes. And the whole arc of Rosalind Russell in that movie is that she finds out, actually, that her husband is cheating as well. But, like, because she doesn't actually like her husband, it doesn't go the same way, and she actually ends up divorced. And there's she's, also... This is fine. This gives me a reason. <laughs> like, well, no, actually it's, good riddance. <laughs> it's, like, so... It's so wild, because, like, basically, uh, this... And none of this is in the new movie. Norma Shear decides that she's going to um, get a divorce, and so... You go to... I don't remember like Reno or something there's like a place that you go where women used to go to get a quickie divorce and so she goes to like this like farm with like a bunch of women who are like getting divorced or are just like trying to get out of Dodge and then Rosalind Russell like shows up to be like moral support and then, then she well no she doesn't show up for more I think her husband is already cheated by that point and she shows up and she runs into the woman that her husband is fucking and and like Norma Shearer decides that that woman is nicer than her best friend, so like sides with her. And then the woman who is fucking Rosalind Russell's husband like beats her ass. Like they get in a fight. Yeah, it's, like that's like that is such a
1: huge shift to what it, this is. Like the shift from that to this is massive. I I would say that Annette Benning's character. F- To me, she felt very much like she was rewritten to be a 2008 protagonist, you know? Like, she's very... The way that she has her relationship with uh, being... Like, having money, but also being a career woman and then how she thinks about her own gender politics feels very 2008. I mean, this is very much around the time of all the think pieces of can women have it all? This was kind of like the beginning of that (laughs) four-year... like uh, a whole like conversation that never really ended but just kind of you know filtered into other things um but she yeah. feels yeah Annette Benning feels the most like a new character even though like you said Jada Pinkett Smith like her character is obviously like completely different and new uh but she's not in the movie enough. We don't actually like, she's very much like a fun side character. We whereas Annette Benning, we watch her life
0: right um jada pinkett in this movie i uh, what an interesting thing is like because i was snobbier when i was younger when i watched this movie originally i fucking hated it like all i remembered is that i loved jada pinkett and then i was just like this is not the women that i know let me turn on the 1939 one and be a total fucking snob i will Mm -hmm. say that this time I liked it better. I think I was, I think I am a calmer person now. Just like a more, I'm just willing to take in things and like be a little bit nicer. I mean, not necessarily nicer, but like, I just have less to be, I mean, there's plenty to be angry about in the world, but I get less angry at movies these days because there's just like other shit. I completely, Um, I I completely (laughs) understand.
1: I'm very much I feel like the older I get, the more tired I am. And the more tired I am, the less energy I have to be as like neurotic as I can be about, <laughs> about like things that bug me uh, in movies, which is ironic, you know, since we do the podcast, I obviously have plenty to roast and talk about. But yeah, I'm able to just be like, okay, this is what it is. Like, I'm able to um, compartmentalize in that way. So I very much relate to that experience of watching it one time being like, ugh. Ugh. and then watching it again and being like okay yeah not not the best but I could enjoy this part that I wouldn't have
0: yeah yeah so like in this this time around I mean at the last time around I loved Jada Pinkett this time around I really loved Jada Pinkett and was mad that she wasn't in the movie more she's so she was my favorite she, character She's so fun and she seems like a person and when she talks it doesn't feel like she's trying to like you know everybody a lot of people in this movie just kind of like say exactly who they are and everything that they say reinforces that which is like part of good dialogue but at some point it kind of like you know it moves into a different area when you're constantly doing it and Jada Pinkett is the only one that doesn't do it (laughs) like. Also, the fact that she never mentions that she is a Black woman, even though there's only one other Black woman in the movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, no, I completely believed her character. Like, she felt comfortable in her character. I felt like every time she was on screen, she was bringing balance also to these other characters. Like, she was always just kind of like, what are you all doing? But come on. She, she, and, I, like- and I believed her. That's the funny thing is, like, I did believe her as their friend, even though she has such a different approach to life than they did. I was like, yeah, I I completely see these friendships.
0: Oh, yeah, because, I mean, like... Every, like, these are the most, like, catastrophizing white women ever, so it makes sense that she just comes in and she's just like, listen, my book is late, I'm banging models, I don't. Like, honestly, that, if I ever, like, get high society friends, that is the friend that I want to be. I want to show up in a leather jacket at Saks, and I just want to be like, I'm not buying shit, I'm just mm-hmm. here. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Like, what are you all stressed about? Like, what, like, what the fuck are we talking about? What gala right. are you stressed about? Like, come on, <laughs> let's get drunk. It's three. What, <laughs> ev- like, just so many events. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so, yeah, I mean, the plot is very loose. Like, a lot of it's just, like, spending time with these women. And, you know, Meg Ryan is dealing with, like, whether or not to leave her husband, Stephen. Yes. Um, uh, Annette Benning is dealing with her, uh, her magazine which is what looked called like Cache or it's something Cachet, like that yeah and Cachet. it's facing,
1: like the the sales have gone down so she's trying to turn it around but she's also facing that point in her career where she's afraid that they might try to replace her with a newer editor a younger editor so she's like trying to save the magazine and her career and having that existential moment of like did I work years only to have this taken get away from me and then Deborah Messing is just, I love how Deborah Messing is just like in the beginning of the movie, she tells her friends she's pregnant. They're all kind of like, wow, again. <laughs> like that's like their response is like, you've had a lot of kids. And then the rest of the movie, the only reason Deborah Messing is there is to just like be pregnant. <laughs> like she's just like peas a lot. She's excited about things. We don't really know anything about her except the fact that she's pregnant until later when she has a kid.
0: Well, she's the she's the character who loves being married and loves being a mother so it's like uh different than the other women because like one of them is being cheated on one of them doesn't have um a husband one of them doesn't want a husband because she's not attracted to men and so deborah messing is like I'm the mom. yeah exactly like, it's very much like a Are you going to be the mom? Are you going to be the career woman? These are your two choices. And I mean, the movie tries to comment on that a little bit. I mean, especially near the end, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the the movie definitely, it's, it's one of those things that happens a lot
1: in specifically, I mean, yeah, in a lot of movies that are, like, talking about womanhood, where it's, like, trying to critique the fact that there's these really limited stereotypes or ideas of womanhood, but then it reinforces it while doing that. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, women shouldn't only be limited to these things, but we're also going to have three tropes. (laughs) um, But, yeah, Deborah Messing is pretty much just, like, she likes being pregnant. And... And it's this whole thing where, like, Annette Benning finds out about Meg Ryan's husband cheating before Meg Ryan does because Annette Benning goes to get her nails done, and Debbie—is it Mazur? Mazar? I don't know how to say her last name. Anyways, I usually say Mazar. Oh yes,
0: she. Oh my god, I love her Favorite. so much. I'm always That's so happy she- to see her. Yeah, and in and her whole, um, her point her role in the movie is the same as the one in the original movie too. Like she's just, she's just a person she does nails and she, you know, she plants two seeds that Stephen is cheating, which Annette Bening hears for the first time. And also the jungle red, which keeps on coming back, which is the same shade from the original. I was very happy that they kept jungle red.
1: (laughs) Yes. And I love, I also love that her character is such a an entrepreneur like she's just like on her hustle she's like listen I have my own nail polish cover color like let me sell you on it she's just like doing her life she's delightful and yeah she she's the one who spills the beans because she's gossiping she's not really thinking about the fact that she might gossip to the friend or wife of the man who's cheating so she spills the beans and then Annette Bending is like you know, do I tell Meg? So then of course Annette Benning ends up telling Deborah Messing and Jada Pinkett, and they're all gonna tell Meg, but then Meg ends up finding out also when she gets her nails done. Um and so it's this whole thing where I mean Candace Bergen is all like she reveals to Meg Ryan, she's like, Oh yeah, your father cheated, and you just gotta like play it right, you know, don't yeah, blow that... everything
0: up because you have a daughter. It's very yeah, like that... old school, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, like, cut and paste from the original. This idea of, like, yeah. don't, like, the whole thing is, like, how do I explain this in a way that's, like, don't lose what you built for something that is temporary. And, you know, this, one can make an argument about either one, uh, either of that kind of thing. Oh, my God, I just, like, scratched my mic. That must have been enough. Yeah, I mean, now. I
1: feel like infidelity in a, in a, in a long-term marriage is like very complicated and it makes sense that people have very different reactions depending on their situation. Uh, But yeah, she, Candace Bergen is very much on this specific old school thought. That's just like, you know, you're in the marriage, you stay in the marriage, you figure out what you need moving forward. Or you just, well, like, repress what you need.
0: <laughs> well, like, the the thing is, is that, like, okay, so you built something and you want some, like, tramp to come in and, mm-hmm. like, take what you built, which is an argument that people still do. Like, this idea of, like, uh, I can't stand it when, like, if I break up with him, then whoever gets him... My boyfriend is going to, like, get all of the hard work that I put into my boyfriend. And you have to decide whether or not that matters to you. Um, right. Well, it's
1: like, okay, I, on one hand, I understand just, you know, you invest time into a relationship. Of course, you know, I, I think that any relationship, no matter how long it is, is it's worth Like if you had a good thing, that's enough in itself. However, like I do understand the mindset of I've been, we've been working on this a long time. I don't want to let go of all of it. But this idea that like you've helped build someone or help them grow or like help fix them and then someone else gets to reap the benefits is weird because the whole problem is that they cheated on you. So um, like, is this really a prize you want to keep? Like, you know, if you're going to talk about him in that way, you got to also look at what's going on. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's a very it's a very complex. And it's also, of course, there's just very misogynist uh, viewpoints of like, putting it all on the other woman and comparing yourself to her rather than actually looking at what he's doing, since he's the one that you're married to, not her
0: yeah like i i've always wanted to know i mean i'm glad that we don't meet Stephen because we don't in the original but i've always been what i've always wondered who the fuck is Stephen? yeah like, what what what's Stephen got going on i just i desperately want to know me too i know it was funny because i was like yeah he's not gonna be
1: here and that's the point and there's of course a big part of me that loves that um i love that i don't have to care about him either way um, in a direct way. But at the same time, like, it is hard to have an emotional temperature when you haven't even seen the man on screen.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it just makes it seem like, is he really worth all this trouble? Oh, yeah. So we should get into Eva Mendes, who plays Crystal Allen. Yes. So uh, Crystal Allen's whole thing in this movie, and the original, is that, like, you know, she grew up poor, wrong side of the tracks. She's working at Saks, basically, so that she can make money and snag herself a rich man. So, like, she wants just enough money so that, like, she can live, but then snag a rich man and then never have to pay for anything else again, uh, which is fine. Do what you got to do. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I, Like, I don't have anything against that. Uh, that wanting that for your life, if that's what you want for your life, I support that. You know, and people like, want all kinds of shit. Yeah, <laughs> and you're probably going to be with
1: someone who knows that that's what you want, and that's and like they want something from you as well. You know, like it's an exchange,
0: and that's that's your choice. Um, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the problem here is like. And it was a problem that we didn't really have with Joan Crawford because the the elephant in the room, the thing that I managed to go 34 minutes without mentioning, is that Eva Mendes being Latina is weird here? Yes. Like Eva Mendes is Latina, but like what I mean is that her character yes. being Latina is weird here. Yes, because it just makes it seem like
1: it makes it a different she, story. It completely it changes, changes everything.
0: It. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I I completely agree. I mean, it adds a whole racial politic. It adds a whole politic around uh, racial stereotypes, and then also just like white women, womanhood, and like the, like weird uh, fragility, and like the there's so many there's so many elements that are now present here because of that casting decision. Um, and of course right. like the movie doesn't try to address it. And I don't even know if when they were making it, they even thought about that. <laughs> like, you know, the, 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 the crew, but watching it, it's like, yeah, we can't not mention that because it's so, it just changes how these scenes read.
0: Uh, yeah, it's weird because I almost feel like uh, the director was like, okay, well, we add a Black woman to the main group of women, and so it's balanced, and it's okay that we have this Latina that everybody is talking shit about. Because the the Black one is doing it too. Although Jada Pinkett doesn't really... No, she's, she's like, like huh. oh, she's hot. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's <laughs> like just like, like anything,
1: well... Maybe I could be with her, (laughs) like get her off your
0: hands, which would have been an amazing rewrite. That would that should have been the end. That should have been the turn because Jada Pinkett is also rich. Why would she care? (laughs) Right? Like that would have been that would have been perfect. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that would have been so good. But instead, we have like all of these white women being so weird about this about this Latina woman, and it's just. It's just a bad choice. Like, Eva Mendez is great. Yeah, like, oh, she's great. She- She's really good. She's really fun. It reminds me that I miss Eva Mendes in movies and, and when she's in movies, she never gets to have as much fun as she does here. Usually I feel like she's in a lot of serious movies and I hope that if she comes back, she does like more fun ones because I loved seeing her in this and it's weird in this context, but she was funny. Um, Debbie Mazar was funny. You know, the, Anna Gasteyer is there at Saks 2, and it's so weird that she's playing like such a small role. She's just she's just chilling in there. It's like that's uh, how you know it's such a stacked cast,
1: is that even like the almost extras are big names.
0: Yeah. Uh so yeah, and so there's not really much conflict. I mean, in in the original The Women, they're actually um the main character like Crystal and um Mary, Crystal and Mary meet more times in the original movie than they do here. Yeah. Here they only meet like once? I think they yeah, I think they only meet once. It's actually
1: other it's it's the friends and then of course Mary's daughter, you know, later on, they interact with Eva Mendez more. But yeah, there's you- I think there's only one actual scene where they are in the same frame and And yeah, you're right. Even that scene, like it's not violent, you know, like it's tense. And I mean, like, yeah. And that's, that
0: scene's in the original too.
1: Yeah. And it is like going back to the casting, it is hard because even Mendez's character, like we don't know anything about her. She's not very humanized, you know, like in the movie, she's very much, she's happy to, it's not even just like, oh, I want money or I want to see this guy. It's like, I'm going to destroy your marriage and I hate you, and so that adds to this whole like well dynamic, yeah. you know. Like it, it's, right. it just reads different, and
0: but then it's not addressed. Right. Cause like, I mean, in the original, like Joan Crawford was, you know, she was Joan Crawford. She was just like glamorous. Like you wanted Joan Crawford to take a husband. You're just like, what is she going to do next? She's going to take a, she's going to take a husband. She's going to be wearing a beautiful dress. She's going to be, you know, looking directly into the camera. Her hair is going to be perfect. Like there's a whole thing where it's like this character who would be really marginalized in any other kind of movie? And I mean, she is like, you know, she does lose in the end, but like she, the movie has res- had respect. For Joan Crawford, the movie knew that Joan Crawford was a force to be reckoned with, which is why she gets the kennel line. She gives the kennel line at the very end of the movie, which is the other scene that she runs into, um, the women all together again, is that 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 big scene. She loses her big scene and they give it to Annette Bening at the beginning of the movie. And it's just it's just fucked up because like it's like the movie wasn't interested enough in this character I almost feel like, and I don't know if it's true, but like the idea of the mistress, I feel like used to be treated a little bit nicer in movies than it is now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there was more
1: like power. I, I, I feel like the, I feel like there was space to explore power and personality in these situations in ways that were just more interesting. And now it almost feels more moralistic and exactly. that gets in the way of the actual character and story. Because the thing is at the end of the day, people are going to choose how they feel about characters and their decisions. Yeah. Um, and if anything, like this movie, it's very obviously like, of course you feel for Meg mm-hmm. Ryan. Like it's like, that's not a question. Of course that's awful. Like, but it's so, it makes me actually angry that I'm not even given the option to have a nuanced relationship with Eva Mendez's character because all, all of the lines that she has are just like her letting us know that she doesn't care about anyone. Like that's very much how she is written in this is just like, I don't care, but we don't get anything else beyond her like reacting to people who are mad at her. And it feels like the casting was like, well, she's gorgeous obviously but it doesn't feel like that reverence
0: it feels more like just this kind of fear and objectification yeah exactly like it like there's the part in the movie where she where Steven like doesn't want to see her because he's missing his wife because Meg Ryan has disappeared with her mom Candace Bergen for a while and she's trying to get Stephen to come back and she's like you know I'll cook you dinner and it's my birthday and that's like such a it's such like a a wild lie that's super funny in the original movie you see her in the apartment trying to get ready for the date and she has her you know because it's 1939 she has her black uh, maid make the dinner for her and it's this whole thing where like even in the maid is just kind of just like sure okay (laughs) whatever okay (laughs) if you're gonna choose to act this way, if you're gonna pretend like you can cook when you can't, if you're gonna do you know, I'm I'm a black maid in 1939. I'm not gonna, right. <laughs> I'm, like, not this gonna isn't, I'm not gonna argue This isn't my you. biggest battle right now, so I'm gonna right. make dinner and
1: figure out some other stuff.
0: Yeah. Right. But like, when you, the fact that you just like get her to do the whole hijinks of like, trying to like uh, like set her apartment as a trap for him is like, it's so fun and interesting and I wanted to see eva mendez try to cook something (laughs) absolutely like her being on the phone
1: that's not very interesting to watch like that was replaced with her being on the phone with him and you know make ryan's friends are there to confront eva eva doesn't know that yet she's on the phone with him and she's like oh well you know come on over because it's my birthday so and that's just visually less interesting that that's one thing is like the Cast is amazing. And there's definitely some visually fun moments, but I think visually it's less rich than the original.
0: Right. Yeah. Then the original had so many like amazing visuals, like the fashion show. The fashion show in the original is so great. All of the costumes are so colorful. You know, they turn the color on. And all of the models also just like have a lot of personality and they're fun to watch. Whereas in this one, it's just like basic runway. Fashion with basic runway models, and I was so bored. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just felt like a seasonal
1: catalog show, you know. And there's like, which is fine, but that's not that interesting in a movie scene, in, unless it was a movie that was all about fashion, which it's really not. I mean, a lot of it takes place around clothes and shopping and sacks specifically, but it's not. It's still not a movie about fashion, um, which. Which it should
0: be. The original had such great fashion. This movie... Everyone is dressed so lazy, and I was mad about it the whole time. Like when you see the daughter, um, like with the makeup that she's hiding from her mom and her hair done, I was like, "This is the most glamorous character." I, in this I movie. thought that too. I was like, "I don't know what it says about me, <laughs> like my grown ass that I
1: want to look like this twelve year old." Like I love her she outfit. Looked, like she, she looks, looks amazing. amazing. She's so cute. Yeah. Like she's finding her style. I also think like young teens finding their style. They just have a lot more guts than a lot of adults do. Um, But I, you know, to me, it was almost a a bit of a drag a bit of a read that like this version, these rich New York ladies dress boring and a lot of rich
0: New York ladies do dress boring. right I'm mean, like nerdy for some of them you know so bring back the fashion like the fashion in in the original it was like these like elaborate bathing suits and like gowns and capes and little and little hats and like matching accessories like give me a little bit of that well, yeah that I mean it's like
1: what is the point of being rich if you're not gonna dress fun like that is one of the like if I had more money like that is one of the things I would be like well if I'm I have more money i'm gonna dress well
0: (laughs) rihanna rihanna continues to try to teach us this lesson and the other rich people will not listen to her listen to rihanna she told you dress nice like the like even before rihanna had a lot of money she was dressing nice rihanna knew yeah Uh, she knew she knew um So, yeah, in terms of the plot of this movie, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, it's the thing where it's like they don't fully divorce but they're separate right and like yeah she basically wins him back because crystal is being boring which i love that they kept the bathroom scene with crystal they cut so many crystal scenes um that were in the original movie but the bathroom scene is so good she's just in the tub and she's like on the phone which like on the phone in the tub is truly like uh, that's still something that I want for myself. Oh yeah, for sure. Like <laughs> I, like
1: having like a also one of my dreams is like a jacuzzi tub. I love this.
0: <gasps> oh yes, right? absolutely. Um yeah, so she's so she's in so she's in the <laughs> so she's in the tub and uh Meg Ryan's daughter uh you know cuz Cause the daughter, I love the daughter in both the movies. Cause it's just like, I love my mom and I don't like this other lady and I'm going to let her know. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> daughter is very ride or die and like very, and
1: and it, it's extra sweet because it's not even that she has an amazing relationship with her mom. Like they have a very realistically complicated relationship. She doesn't feel like her mom always listens to her. her you know, Meg Ryan doesn't seem to know how to relate to her. But even with that the daughter character, Molly, is very much team mom. She's very much like, what is going on with my parents? This is not okay. So, yeah. Yeah, she comes in the bathroom. Eva Mendez is, like, in the, you know, the bubble bath, the classic movie bubble bath. And, you know, Eva's trying to bond, but in a very, it's like a very stereotypical kind of, like, stepmom who doesn't really like the kid way, you know, where she's, like, Come speak to me. <laughs>
0: oh, yes. Come come hang out with your Aunt Crystal. Just, like, big, like, Cruella DeVille energy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's... Uh, what a delicious scene. Like, if this movie wasn't so afraid of not seeming empowering, it would be a better movie because so much, like, it's missing so much bite. The bite isn't there. And it's so, like, it becomes, like, comfort. Like, a... Uh, this movie reminds me of like a movie like book club which is a better movie i love book club it's so I love fun book club i always but tell yeah. people to watch it yeah yeah so it's like it, but it's got like this book club feel to it and it shouldn't this is not what this story is supposed to be it's about rich women who are looking gorgeous and fighting with each other and it's it's supposed to be fucking fun. And the, my yes. biggest issue is that this sucks the fun out of it. Whereas, like, the most fun thing about the movie is Jada Pinkett. In that in that hospital, helping with that birth, what a fucking legend! My God, (laughs) I love her. I love her. She's so good. (laughs) She's so the faces that she is making, like her, the comedy work that Gita Pinkett, like you know, I'm I'm gonna like. I think that people should watch the women just for Jada Pinkett. I completely like, agree. Yes. Because, like, I had a fun time. And I agree with you. I do think that if it had
1: tried less to be empowering, it would have been more fun as a movie. Because also, like, if we're going to get an empowerment, like, this is about rich white women, you know? So, like, who's getting empowered at the end of this anyways? Just let them be messy. <laughs> like, just let them be messy. And, you know, we can take what we want from it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, everything, everything cleans up quite nicely, you know, um, yeah, I mean actually I don't know what's going on with Annette Benning at the end cuz her whole thing which I just wasn't interested in it just feels like a sex in the city plot that I wouldn't be interested in. It seems like some kind of Samantha plot where I just be like I don't care when is she going to fuck somebody else. Like cuz her whole like I'm <laughs> I'm losing my magazine and then one of my staffers gives like a good pitch that I don't like and then <laughs> I'm losing my magazine and then I'm using that same pitch which is fuck Up and then I know I kept thinking about the staffer, like having been in that kind of position before. I was like, Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I was on her side. Like, we're supposed to be like, This woman is like, I'm losing my magazine, but I also don't want to take any new ideas. And I'm finding, and she's, you're going, you're losing your magazine. Like, the readership is down, and you're going to Carrie Fisher, who, like, I, she's amazing. Like, even in her, like, one scene, she's amazing, but you're going to Carrie Fisher. And an older woman, it, like a grown woman, to save your magazine that is aimed at 20-somethings. Like, it's stupid. Well, yeah, I mean, she has a
1: complete <laughs> ego trip, and that's why her career is at stake. And that's what bothers me, is it's not even really dealing with ageism, which it seems to act like it is. It's actually dealing with her not being willing to learn or respect younger, younger colleagues. Because the woman, the young staffer who makes a suggestion is not out for blood she's not trying to take her job she's she seems very collaborative <laughs> so it's very hard to get on board with that plot line because it's very clear that Annette Benning could just decide to work with her staffers and she'd be fine like the world's not out to get her um but you know but that's also a realistic like her personality is realistic <laughs> that's how people respond a lot of the time
0: yeah Yeah, she is. Her whole thing. So that, I don't know, whatever. She reaches some happiness. She quits her job, and then I don't don't know. Does she start another magazine, or is she just jobless for a bit? I know that she meets a guy, and that's supposed to be, like, a turning point. But does she? Did the job stuff? I couldn't. I think that she, like, started her own thing, or she was, like, collaborating with
1: somehow she was, like, going to help promote Meg. But honestly, I can't remember, which is wild because I, like, just watched it because it was so drowned out in the fact that, like, she met a man and then Meg Ryan started this fashion line that got bought by sex and her finding herself made her husband want to be with her again. You know, Eva Mendes lost out. Deborah Messing has a son. Jada Pinkett is just gay and thriving. And, like, we love that for her. Yeah, yeah. Um... But, yeah, I mean, I think people should watch either of
0: the women you know uh yeah and i mean you know uh mary gets steven back for for better or worse uh and you can decide whether or not that matters and the original i didn't care i was like norma shearer is happy i'm happy but here i'm just like Meg ryan do you i mean i guess i mean i guess the whole I mean, her whole thing is like, I gotta figure out. Like, the way that she apologizes, she's just like, oh yeah, well, I guess I wasn't bringing myself to the table. I didn't know who I was, so how are you supposed to love me when I didn't know who I was? Which I don't think was in the other movie. Like, it's very weird that it's just like... The movie is basically, like, if you get too lost in being a wife and a mom, you forget who you are, and then your husband goes to find someone more interesting. It feels very convoluted
1: to me. Like, I understand what it's trying to say, and I do agree. Like, if you know yourself, that's better. (laughs) Like, of course. But the way that it tries to loop it back around neatly is... It feels a little forced. Just, like... Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah. But I think, I mean, I still enjoyed watching it and it definitely feels a lot different than the original and it feels like it is trying to make a 2008 version, which is what it is. So that makes sense. And it's very interesting to look back on both of them from now and see the things that haven't changed and the things that have, or the ways that we talk about these themes now versus then. And it's nice to watch a movie with a bunch of women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, um, I think that's all for this episode. Our theme song is by Clutch Douglas, and you can find us everywhere. That you can find us <laughs> if you're listening to this, then you probably found us. If you are not a patron and you're interested in becoming a patron, we always love uh, sharing our our bonus episodes. We have our In the Smut Erotic Side podcast. We have a podcast covering the OC. There's a Young Adult Swim covering young adult movies. We have uh, newsletters with recommendations every few months and fun goodies. So yeah. I'm Bronwyn Isaac.
0: I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah. Back it up, back it up. Let's get this truck. Oh yeah. Back it up, bang it up. Oh uh, uh, yeah.